from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, OCFA's Assistant Chief of Organizational Planning, Mike Schrader. All right, welcome back to OCFA's Pass Along Podcast. Uh, Today's episode, we're gonna be featuring the final interview with our outgoing interim fire chief, Patrick McIntosh. Uh, there's a collective sigh and uh, tear in our eye, but as you will remember, Chief McIntosh came on board back in September of last year to kind of fill in uh, uh, as directed by our board of directors and uh, in the process of them conducting a nationwide search. It was kind of a stopgap measure, but uh, certainly Chief McIntosh um, was much more than a stopgap measure. He was able to really uh, simultaneously stabilize what was going on in the agency, bringing some new life to certain issues, while also kind of retaining some of those historical pieces that uh, he had uh, obviously being the uh, deputy here prior to his departure to Huntington Beach. So we're certainly glad to have him. Now, when uh, Chief McIntosh got here, we sat down with he and Jim Day, and and, and he kind of laid out his agenda, for, for lack of a better term, seven or eight topics that he wanted to address while he was here. And uh, this episode today is really an update on those topics along with a couple other parting thoughts. We've always said uh, uh, proud traditions and a dynamic future is what the OCFA is all about. And I truly believe um, that to be true. And the future is bright and it's bright because of all of you uh, that provide the great service that this organization is known for. All right, so that's coming up soon, but first let's review a few news and noteworthy items that are pertinent to uh, the happenings here at the Fire Authority. Honestly, the Fire Chief covers quite a bit of these things, um, and uh, we'll typically cover those here, but a little bit of a shorter segment today. So I will let the Fire Chief speak for himself, but I do want to address a couple other items um, that are pertinent to you. I do want to draw attention uh, first to, uh, obviously one of the biggest things going on in the Fire Authorities are staffing and uh, the ongoing force issue. Uh, As you recall, there was a a staffing memo that went out today, uh, and there's a lot that was covered in that, and I suggest you read them over in regards to all the different steps that have uh, been undertaken from different committees, joint labor management, um, and and all the different parties and sections within the fire authority trying to come together to put together a, a comprehensive plan to start addressing these shortfalls in staffing that we, we know certainly has an, a significant impact to the folks out in operations. So um, please, uh, I'm speaking to the captains, uh, battalion chiefs, sit down with your crews, um, make sure that you uh, kind of work through these and so that you understand them fully and wholly. And there's some great enhancements there as well, uh, I think you'll find. So I just really want to say thank you to the Joint Labor Management Team, uh, the staffing group that have worked tirelessly to um, address these issues. Um, and there are more to come. Um, with uh, Operations Brian Young and he, what he mentioned back in podcast 22 from December, uh, there's really no one single issue that's going to fix this thing, but uh, it's the collective efforts of all the folks coming together to work harmoniously uh, with that one goal in mind to uh, make sure that we lessen the burden for those that are getting forced. And we've made some great headway and have seemed to shore up the uh, firefighter and firefighter medic rank. And now we've got these uh, issues with the captains and uh, engineers. On that note, uh, we just met uh, on Friday with uh, the labor group and uh, both COA 3631, myself and Chief Summers and some other subject matter experts 
to really start working on uh, both the, or continue to work on the engineer's process and captain's process. I'd put out two updates in the past, reference those, uh, the modifications of those, um, those promotional processes. And we should have another update either at the end of this week or probably more likely at the beginning of next week with a little bit more info. Um, again, we're, we're pulling out the stops, not to lower the quality of our engineers or captains, but to get more folks interested and then ultimately get more folks through the process. Um, and like I said, not lower our standards. So I'm excited about uh, those things that are happening. I'll bring that information to you just as soon as I possibly have it. I certainly know firefighters are well known for being planners and I know you're planning your summer vacations. Um, so we're gonna try to get those dates out to you as, as quickly as possible. All right, um, let's see. Uh, one other thing near and dear to my heart, uh, Chief McIntosh spoke about it uh, with Garden Grove proposal, but I, I wanted to just take another stab at it and just kind of share from the bottom of my heart, um, uh, just a significant and profound thanks, not only to the entire agency for all the different uh, groups and departments within the agencies contributing to what I believe is a, is a, uh, a, a great proposal for the, um, for the city of Garden Grove, but it was each and every member in those individual sections really going above and beyond to make sure to sharpen their pencil, that we simultaneously give a great product to Garden Grove, are not self-injurious, and that our interests at the fire authority aren't compromised. And, and so I wanted to give just a blanket statement to the agency. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then also my hats off to uh, a strategic services section led by uh, Battalion Chief Brad Phoenix. He and management analyst Tammy Rivers um, just an amazing group of folks and bright minds uh, really working hard on this topic and uh, because we we didn't have a lot of depth of experience there we were able to bring on uh, retired operations chief mark kramer who the three of them working synergistically to produce this document and work collaboratively with garden grove whether it's their labor group our labor group uh, the city manager all the different staff both sworn and non-sworn in garden grove wow what a um what a comprehensive document, and uh, certainly there's always little bumps and hiccups along the way, but by and large, uh, I feel like we've come up with a collective product that um, is gonna meet all of our objectives. So really excited about sharing that. Um, it's been a Herculean effort. Uh, we're right on the edge of uh, getting this to the board. So that'll come up on the 22nd at our board meeting. Uh, in essence, we'll present the fire service proposal uh, they, they could have questions or potentially some revisions. We'll include those and the board could give us the go ahead to go ahead and share that with the city of Garden Grove. And then at that point, we're planning on presenting to Garden Grove roughly the 27th at their uh, city council meeting. And then they'll have the opportunity to um, obviously ask questions and then ultimately uh, they'll ruminate on it and it'll be the ball will be in their court, so to speak. And then we'll wait to hear from them. Uh, we, we are committing that should they go with the OCFA to provide their all-risk uh, life safety services in the city of Garden Grove, we're, we're committing that we're not gonna be on this, the crazy train that we were on when Santa Ana came over in that the timeline was so compressed and I know it was a different time, but it really put a lot of stress and burden on staff who were already uh, under strength because of the economic downturn and still coming out of that. So we've really committed that we're gonna use 120 days uh, at least to uh, do this transition um, for the city of Garden Grove should they come over. So um, just wanted to share with you everything that I know on that and uh, keep your fingers crossed that uh, the board uh, likes the proposal and uh, we'll definitely share any updates with you once they come available. All right, I've said enough, that's all for me. Uh, let's turn it over to Fire Captain Jim Day and his interview with outgoing interim fire chief, Patrick McIntosh. 
All right, welcome back everyone to this episode of the Pass Along podcast. I'm here today with Chief McIntosh. Uh, we're getting close to the end of his uh, time as the interim fire chief. Uh, chief, we were here about, about five months ago. Or I can't believe it's gone this quick. It's gone very quick. It seems Indeed. like it was just yesterday. It does. Um, during that time, we talked about, you said you had about seven or eight issues that you felt were necessary to, uh, to address while you were here. Um, maybe it didn't quite go as planned as far as, you know, as easy as you thought it was going to be to address those issues. We kind of ran into that Canyon 2 fire, and I know that's been uh, uh, occupying a lot of your time. It certainly has. But, uh, so it's kind of been kind of a roller coaster, but can we talk a little bit just real quick um, about the, the process with the new chief and the update on that? Certainly, be happy to do that. So um, this coming Thursday, the 15th, at the board meeting, our board will consider the contract for the new chief and formal appointment of the new chief. It's kind of been a, a uh, up and down week for us, right? As rumors have started to swirl and information right. has started to get out. Um, unfortunately, you know, those final interviews were in close session with our board. And as a result, they're bound by uh, the Brown Act and maintaining confidentiality, which is why the organization hasn't been able to uh, make a formal statement about who the new chief is, and they won't be able to do that until after they take action on Thursday night. So appreciate everybody being patient as we work through that uh, part of the challenge. In the meantime, I've been working with the executive team. We've uh, met offsite. We've established some goals and objectives looking to 2018 and 2019 so we can present those to the new chief for him to consider and then uh, modify as he settles in over the next uh, you know month or so. At the same time, I've been preparing a transition package for the new chief that I'll be able to sit with them, give them some overview of key issues within the organization. Although my last day coincidentally is the 15th and that's the date we appoint the new chief. I live here in Orange County, obviously my family is served by the OCFA. I have a long vested stake in this organization and I'm committed to meeting with the new chief as many times um, as he might need for a smooth transition. He'll certainly have my personal cell phone number and I'll do everything I can to make sure that transition is as smooth as possible. And with that, the board has taken action to ask uh, Chief Anderson to be the acting fire chief in those you know, two to three or so weeks that uh, will be in a transition till the new chief does get here. So um, working through it, Thursday's the big night and we'll make sure the transition is smooth and the future of the OCFA is bright as you get on this uh, next chapter. Right. Okay, and today is, uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but today is the, the, the 12th of March. So right. that's three days away and is, is gonna be your last day. So um, we're gonna miss you. Thank you, it's uh, been, uh, as you said, a, a quick, a roller coaster ride. It's been great to be back, and uh, hopefully, I've uh, um, done some things positive for the organization that helps us uh, move the organization forward. So, absolutely. Thank you. So, getting back to <clears throat> thanks for clearing that up. I mean, that was I know it's been out there in the media, <laughs> so we want to get that one out of the way. But um, talk about talk a little bit about some of the other um, priorities that you had established before. Um, one of them being cancer prevention and awareness program. Yeah, and I think, you know, that was kind of coupled uh, along with behavioral health under what right. I called uh, health and wellness of our employees. So the cancer awareness and prevention piece 
you know, certainly uh, Jeff Hughes and some other folks have been doing a lot of hard work to begin to shift our organization's culture, so to speak, our mindset as well as our uh, behaviors and our procedures to bring more awareness and really focus on prevention of uh, cancer in the fire service, which we know now based on data um, is something that we need to uh, face head on. So the important thing is it's not a one and done. It's not one training class. It's not one uh, package of wipes. It's really um, got to be a cultural shift and that means sustained over time. So as we look to the ne next budget year, um, we're looking to put some time and some energy and some focus into what are the next steps in that initiative to raising the awareness and preventing cancer in our employees going forward. So much work ahead, but I think we're leaning into it um, heavy and we need to sustain that effort. The second piece of that was our behavioral health. Uh, I'm excited that Counseling Team International is now on board as our provider of services and the depth and breadth of what they bring to our organization for our employees, for the firefighters, for our dispatchers, for their families, for our retirees is phenomenal. And so as we move that forward and, and roll it out more, I think the focus will be on more training, uh, more class offerings, and really marketing, so to speak, the services they provide to our employees as we ingrain um, those services again into our culture uh, over the sustainable future of the OCFA. So right. both of those projects made some good headway. Um, I'm excited about what we're doing and I think the sustainable effort we'll be able to uh, provide. I think we're starting to see that cultural shift a little bit too. I worked an overtime shift mm -hmm. uh, about a week ago down in Laguna Gale and we had a, a second alarm fire down there and uh, everyone pretty much through the end was in breathers the entire time. I know it's uh, definitely harder for Russ and, and the, the folks in the service center. It's making it a lot harder for them, but I know we appreciate the extra effort they're putting into it, but uh, I think that I think it's starting to, to change. It's a good thing. So, good. Um, all right, how about the, uh, the Garden Grove proposal? Where are we on that? Now that project has been uh, moving very hard uh, and forward over the last several months. So we're nearing the end, the draft uh, proposal of what we believe is going to be uh, a package we can take to our board is almost done. Um, I think the key along the way has been a proposal that provides good service to Garden Grove um, at a fair price and that also brings value to our regional delivery system. Our board was very clear from the beginning that they didn't want to provide a proposal to Garden Grove that was at the expense of the organization, so we think there is a good fit for Garden Grove into that uh, end of the county and that we can improve regional delivery uh, on a broader scale than just Garden Grove. So that's kind of been uh, the focus and the draft proposal is uh, uh, near being finalized uh, to go to the board. Okay, so as we talk about the, uh, the proposal of um, Garden Grove and potentially growing the OCFA, um, you talked about when, when we first met five months ago about some of the uh, a June 30th date that was looming on us um, for people to make some decisions on commitments uh, of staying in the GAPA. Right, true. I think, and back to Garden Grove real quick, assuming uh, things go well uh, over the next few days and the rest of this week, we hope to go to our board on uh, March 22nd with that proposal, and then we would go to Garden Grove shortly after that. 
Um, going back to our JPA on the bigger scale, um, yes, you know, we have 20-year contracts, and at the 10-year mark of those contracts, cities do have an option uh, to step out of the JPA. So as you mentioned, that date that they would have to give us notice is uh, June 30th, and so certainly our efforts over the past several months have been to ensure the strength and the stability and the unity of the OCFA. So there are um, some cities doing due diligence, and I think probably pretty common knowledge that Westminster and Seal Beach are at least doing some due diligence to ensure they're getting good value and, and what options potentially um, are out there. Seal Beach actually has uh, formed a little citizens committee uh, to look at some of those things and, and options and the service that we provide. I can assure everyone that our command staff is fully engaged. Um, chief Acosta, as the division chief out there, is fully engaged. We're working with the city managers, our board members, providing information to the cities. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that the OCFA provides a very good service, high level of service to both of those cities um, at a very, very uh, fair price. So uh, we'll work through those. And then certainly Irvine is a city that, uh, um, based on the equity issue, is always uh, on our radar screen. We've been meeting with staff a couple of times now on service enhancements that we think can bring value to Irvine, um, sharing with them permanent station 20 and when that's opened up here in, in a couple of months that we're going to add an additional ladder truck to the city of Irvine. We're going to split Irvine into um, two battalions um, and we're looking at some other options uh, to enhance services, potentially a fire station being added um, to the Irvine Business Center area, which is the airport side of the 405 freeway. Um, with the high-rise and the high-density large apartment complexes and traffic, um, we're concerned about response time and uh, time to patient uh, from arrival. So we're looking at land opportunities in that area to add what we're numbering as Station 52. And so there's some uh, positive things we're looking to do in the city of Irvine as well. What about, uh, I've heard rumors of potential uh, joint use facility between OCFA and uh, City of Irvine PD for like a joint training center somewhere down there in their great park? Is, Cer is that... Certainly, yeah, that's a uh, uh, good rumor, actually accurate. Yeah. Um, we've been uh, meeting with not just only the city, but uh, as well as the police chief, and that's actually one of the projects we're really excited about. There is some land um, immediately next to Station 20 uh, that has some potential for a small training site classrooms, um, joint use facility that we would uh, look to do with Irvine police and to share um, those facilities. So that's a project we're actually excited about and we're also putting some effort into um, potentially moving that forward as well. Very good. So speaking of, of uh, partner agencies, uh, one of your challenges with the Sheriff Department and their Air Operations Bureau and the kind of the competition for, for service, if, for lack of a better term. Uh, can you uh, give us an update on where we are uh, with with that? Sure, and you're right. That has definitely been a, a time-consuming, um, difficult project, so to speak. Um, where we're headed now is our board, along with the sheriff, has agreed to go back to mediation. I think, as everyone's aware, um, we were in mediation. And we were making some progress. The uh, sheriff chose to uh, cancel the MOU that we had in place. Um, but over the last a month or so, our board is fully engaged. We've done some solid briefings for our uh, board of directors. 
They've directed us um, to go back to mediation with the sheriff, which they've agreed to do. We're also looking to potentially engage OES uh, in clarifying some of the language in the model operating plan uh, that is an OES document. Um, our subject matter experts and our legal team are working closely together to prepare our brief for mediation and to potentially address some other issues. Um, our board is strong in their position of the service we provide to the community that we've uh, been doing for nearly two decades and our role and responsibilities in uh, that and ensuring that our core mission of providing fire and EMS and rescue services to the community is maintained. So a lot of moving parts, a very difficult issue. Um, we will never lose sight of the focus on safety of our personnel and safety of our air operations. We have uh, great pilots and great staff um, and they're going to continue to ensure that when they operate, they operate safely. We'll work through the uh, jurisdictional issues and who's going to do what through the mediation process, OES, and uh, working with our legal team and our subject matter experts. So um, we're going to resolve it at one point, one way or the other. We'll get to a finish line. Cool. Well, I can't speak for everyone else, but I know, you know, I can speak for myself, and I know there's plenty of people that have, have come up to me and, and, and said that, you know, we appreciate the fact that you are standing up for the OCFA and not just rolling over and, um, you know, and letting us, you know, keeping us in the fight. So we appreciate that. Um, how about uh, another time consuming issue for you was the Canyon 2 fire? Uh, a lot of controversy on, on uh, how that played out, how that was handled in the beginning hours. Um, how, where are we with the, um, the reviews of, of the Canyon 2 fire? Sure, and, and uh, yeah, that's been a, another one. Maybe didn't expect, at least didn't expect right. four, four days right. uh, into me being here. But um, you know, that's what we do, right? We yeah. uh, we have fires and we do major incidents and and we do them well. So I think a couple of things because there's a couple of prongs to the the Canyon Two Fire uh, review. The first is our standard after action reports that we do after every major incident like that, both for Canyon One and Canyon Two. Uh, those are coming forward. Uh, they're in draft form. Uh, being reviewed at various levels and expanded upon and we believe that probably April uh, those will be finished and, and uh, presented to our, our board of uh, directors. The independent review panel process and that's the uh, OCFA board direction to bring on an independent review panel to look at some of the specific issues, allegations, complaints uh, that came up during the Canyon 2 fire and there was specifically six of them and that independent review panel uh, that the board tasked us to put together um, has two fire chiefs, retired fire chiefs on it. Uh, Bob Roper, who's a retired fire chief from Ventura County Fire Department. Bill Barmatri, who's the retired fire chief from City of Los Angeles, together over 80 years of fire service experience. And then the third member of that panel is a former city manager, Tim Casey, who was the city manager in Laguna Niguel, um, well over three decades in local government. And one of the keys to those three individuals was a commitment from transparency and independence that none of the panel members were current or former members of the OCFA. And I wanted to, uh, to ensure that um, so that they could do their work and their work could truly be seen as unbiased and independent. So they've been working extremely hard over the last several months, hundreds of hours invested by all three of them. And their next step is uh, they are also near the finish line 
and they will be briefing our board of directors um, on the 15th in closed session and then they will make a formal presentation to the board at the, the uh, March 22nd board meeting, the public session that's, of that's, our board meeting. Close. So, so yeah. that'll be done within a, a couple, couple of weeks. weeks. And then there's the third part of the Canyon Two Fire Review, which was actually a county process. The Board of Supervisors decided to do their own review of some of the issues around the Canyon Two Fire, and they uh, hired a former uh, longtime county employee uh, who was a county HR director for many years to uh, work on that project. And he also is expected to uh, finish his work um, around the first or second week of April as well. So even though there are three reviews going on, you know, they're not necessarily going to be bad things. We got good, some good things will come out of this. Well, there's always lessons to be learned, and that's exactly what the after action reports are for, and really even the independent review panel. I can't speak so much for exactly uh, what the county report is going to say, but anytime we have a major incident, there are uh, lessons to be learned, things that we learned we did well, things that we learned that we can do better, I think if you look back to when we first talked maybe a few months ago, um, the after action reports is how we came up with additional engines in our relief fleet to provide surge capacity. Right. After action reviews is how we ended up with night vision goggles so that we could do uh, night flying operations and water drops. So a lot of the things that we've improved over the years after major incidents are a direct result of our findings and recommendations in the after action report. So um, that's what we should look forward to, not only celebrating what went well, but what can we learn that helps make the OCFA better so that we continue our commitment to the community to provide the absolute best uh, fire and emergency medical services possible. Exactly, very good. To that point, one of the uh, issues that you wanted to tackle was the kind of continuing our deployment uh, model and updating some of the things that we, uh, some of the ways we provide enhancements to the cities. Can you give us an update on that? Sure, and that's been uh, an ongoing project over a few years. There's only a small number of stations left um, that we're looking to finish the upstaffing to 4 um, We finished Engine 13 formally a couple of months ago. So that's now in place, and as we look to the 2018-19 budget, we have focus on uh, upstaffing another station to four. Right now, we're looking at station 25 to actually help that region and take some of the load off of the uh, uh, neighboring stations that are responding into uh, Midway City. And we think that uh, is the right timing and the next station to look at. And then the remaining ones, as funds are available, either in next year's budget or subsequent budget years. So we're going to continue to move that forward, and it looks like Engine 25 is going to be next. Okay, so and the, the last one that uh, you had talked about was staffing. Yes, staffing and the forced hiring. So that's going to continue to be a top priority for the organization in the matrix that I'm putting together for the new fire chief, that's uh, at the top of the list. We've made good progress, I think, in the firefighter and, and firefighter medic ranks. Um, hats off, actually, to our joint labor management working group. They are uh, working through a lot of issues, a lot of ideas, uh, making changes to the staffing systems and policies and procedures. Um, our hiring, we're continuing to uh, push forward on. As everyone knows, we have an academy going on right now. 
uh, that started with uh, 48 uh, recruits. We're looking at another academy, the latter part of this calendar year. And then mixed in with all of that, we're also looking really hard at our testing process. We're looking at our firefighter testing process, uh, all aspects of it, from um, how many days it's open and the application process and screening all the way through to the interview panels and training and rating criteria. Um, that all plays a part in that, as does our promotional exam. So looking at our engineer's test and how can we get more people, more candidates prepared for that position, as well as the captain's exam. And there's been a little bit of information that's been coming out about that. We're looking to uh, revisit, revamp, change uh, how we do our captain's promotional uh, testing process so that we can better prepare more of our personnel to move up to that leadership position and to fill those vacancies and be successful. So there are a lot of moving parts. There's the JLM on the staffing and forced hiring. There's the JLM that deals with promotions and recruitments and meshing some of those ideas and plans together. And I think we're going to continue to see positive changes and ultimately get our captain's ranks filled, our engineer ranks filled, uh, the new hires pushed in from the bottom and help uh, stabilize our staffing and reduce our forced overtime. So a lot of work going on, a lot of work to come, and a lot of people involved at a lot of levels that's, that's helping make it successful. You mentioned stabilizing. Um, five months ago, seemed like yesterday, like I said before, <laughs> but uh, didn't seem like it was too stable. And it hasn't been a perfect smooth sailing ship, but um, I think things have stabilized and I know we appreciate uh, your leadership in the time that you've been here. Um, is there anything else you wanna, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom you wanna give us? Well, certainly, and, and you're right, it's been a lot of work, um, and I knew it was gonna be a lot of work, and so you know, I came in um, eyes open, certainly the Canyon Fire and some other things that have added to the load, um, but nobody said leadership's easy, um, and it's easy to, uh, to hold the wheel uh, when things are calm, but I think uh, the true sign of leadership is uh, when the seas are a little rougher, uh, negotiating that. And hopefully I've done that for the organization. Um, I've been humbled, quite frankly, to get to be back and to get to work alongside all of you as a member of the OCFA once again. And this is where I spent majority of my career, or over 28 years. And I have a lot of uh, friends here, a lot of uh, stake in this organization's uh, future. Um, and the people who are here now and who are going to be um, going forward. Uh, I, I can't thank everyone in this organization enough for the hard work that uh, you continue to put in day in and day out. Uh, the last five months, uh, five and a half months that I've been here has gone fast, but to see the effort of the members of this organization every day and the commitment to making a difference in the community um, and everything that goes into making that happen from every corner of the OCFA um, has made me proud, made me proud to be back, made me proud to have been here, um, made me proud that the board um, and all of you uh, had confidence in me uh, helping stabilize things a little bit and move the organization forward and hopefully set the table uh, for all of you and the new chief to launch the OCFA uh, into the future. Uh, we've always said uh, 
uh, proud traditions and a dynamic future is what the OCFA is all about and I truly believe um, that to be true and the future is bright and it's bright because of all of you uh, that provide the great service that this organization is known for. So it's bittersweet um, for sure for me to be leaving. Uh, it has been fast. It has been a whirlwind. Um, again, can't thank you enough. I was proud to be here. And uh, Thursday, my last day is going to be uh, bittersweet. It's going to be hard to say uh, goodbye to all of you and uh, goodbye to the OCFA. Well, you're still local, so <laughs> you can still stop in. So. Yeah, you still serve my family. Well, well, I want to just say um, thank you on behalf of the men and women of the Orange County Fire Authority for your leadership from, you know, starting back in 1982 all the way through now. We really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's just been an awesome ride. So thanks and enjoy your retirement. Get back to those projects around the house, back to the golf course, kayaking, <laughs> right? I think that's exactly. what you said. So enjoy the, the rest of that retirement. Thanks for letting me be here. All right. And then that'll do it for this episode of the Pass Along Podcast. All right. Thanks again, Jim, for helping out uh, with the podcast. And I know I already said it at the inception of our time here today, uh, but thanks to Chief McIntosh his, uh, for his leadership, for his guidance, for his friendship, for his mentoring uh, these past few months. Uh, we are certainly sad to see him go, but we're so ecstatic for him in this next phase of his life. He's been such a calming presence, uh, as I mentioned, a mentor um, to the team and really been through some pretty interesting times, uh, tumultuous times, and he's been right there with us. And we've really benefited even in a short term as an agency, as an executive team, um, and really for the citizens that we serve that our agency is moving in a positive direction. So thank you again, Chief McIntosh. We're, we're looking forward to um, hearing about your, uh, your retirement once again, um, and as, as I know your wife is as well. Um, all right, remember this Thursday, the 15th, uh, is uh, Chief McIntosh's retirement party here in the RFOTC courtyard. Come on by, really informal. Uh, that was his ask. Uh, he, in fact, he didn't want to do anything. Again, that just speaks to his humble character and the man that he is. But we felt like we owe him that. Um, or we don't owe him, but we want to uh, because he's been such a great influence for us. So we'll just do hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh, come on out, uh, say some kind words, share some time with the chief before he, uh, he moves on to retirement once again. Then at the end of the night, um, we're actually at the board meeting, uh, if it all goes well, we'll be hearing the name of our new fire chief and, uh, and kind of endeavoring in this new adventure, uh, this next chapter in the fire authority for which we're all excited about. And we'll certainly share the information with you uh, at that time. At the end of the month, uh, we're going to have another podcast uh, featuring exit interviews with both Division Chiefs Ken Cruz and also uh, Division Chief Dave Steffen. Um, and, and certainly they'll be walking down memory lane. Uh, we have the utmost respect and love for these men uh, who've been great, outstanding fire service leaders, outstanding uh, husbands and fathers and friends and co-workers um, and fire officers. So uh, we just think the world of them. We're super excited for them to ride off into retirement as well. Um, man, I feel like I'm sucking the oxygen out of the room. So thanks for listening in. Until then, let's watch out for each other and we'll talk to you soon.